Good morning. You guys can have a seat. Well, it's almost hot enough to play football, wouldn't you agree? Woo! I'm thankful my oldest who plays football is in seventh grade now, so we had to miss the football jamboree yesterday, which was also known as a sweat fest. So sorry, parents, if you had to enjoy that. Wow, man. Well, my name is Kyle, and you picked a great day to be here today. Uh, I'll give you a bunch of reasons, but I'll just give you two. Uh, one is because we're kicking off a brand new two-week series called Here and Now. And if you're here today, man, you're here for half of it already, right? So you're doing really well there. And the second reason is we told you last week about the Callaway family coming home. Well, the Callaway family is here today. Todd, Debbie, Tate, Kaysen, Paisley, and Adden are here. Todd and Debbie were sent out by Holland Chapel about 13 years ago to plant a church in Cleveland, Ohio. And they've come home uh, to Benton for a season, and uh, we are so glad to have them here today and to welcome them home. So church, would you help me welcome them? Welcome home, guys. We just want you to know that you are our heroes in the faith. Um, we today just want to recognize your service, your sacrifice, your faithfulness um, in pouring out the gospel in Lakewood, Ohio. And we know that hundreds of lives have been changed, and we believe that hundreds more will be changed as a result of your time there. And we're so glad to have you here, to have you home and it's just a joy and an honor. So Todd, Debbie, and Tate, and Kaysen, and Paisley, and Adden, thank you guys for all that you've done for the gospel. We believe he's going to use you to do great things in the future, and we're glad to hang out with you for a few moments now. But again, you're our heroes. Once again, would you welcome them home? Well, it is a privilege to have you guys, Todd. We're so glad to have you. And um, I asked Todd this morning to just share one of the hundreds of stories uh, of life change. And so, man, we're glad to have you, and we look forward to hearing what you got to share with us right now. Thanks, Kyle. It is good to be here. And, Kyle, for you, I do have a Laffy Taffy uh, because Laffy Taffy is really good and can put a smile on just about any face. You got good candy, and you got good jokes. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, real, real quickly, uh, you may be like, why are Todd and Debbie back? We thought we sent them out a long time ago. And we were uh, just babies when we moved uh, up north. And it has been a wonderful adventure up there. And uh, we've uh, seen our family grow there, and we've seen God do a lot of things. But earlier this year, back in the spring, uh, we believe the Holy Spirit gave us a new idea, and that idea was that it was time to move. And just to give you two logical reasons on why it was time to move, number one, it was best for family. As you can see, our kids are getting older, and we thought if any part of their childhood is going to be being around family, then it better happen now, or we're going to miss that boat. So number one, it was best for family. Number two was it was best for church. There was a unique opportunity that we had, the church that you planted in Cleveland, a unique opportunity for, 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 for a change uh, uh, and for growth and for a greater 
Kingdom Impact. And so we, uh, we, we jumped on that opportunity. And uh, we called that Better Together, a blending of Cross Point Church into Parkside Church Westside. And the leadership teams of two churches that we had collaborated together in, in the city for, for the last uh, few years, uh, the leadership teams of both churches unanimously agreed that, yeah, this is going to be kind of difficult and it's kind of a unique change, but we think it'll allow us to better serve our city and, and make a better kingdom impact. And so uh, Better Together, a blending of Cross Point into Parkside Church Westside. And so uh, best for family, best for church, and that's why we made the move here. The last three Sundays, I'm riding a little bit of a high because the last three Sundays have been incredible, unique, uh, very meaningful worship uh, gatherings that I've been able to be a part of. Two Sundays ago, we had Cross Points finale as we celebrated what God had done over over the last 13 years, and so that was remarkable and, and an incredible worship experience. And then last Sunday, got to be a part of the inaugural uh, 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 worship gathering of the two churches becoming one, and so that was beautiful, a beautiful day uh, uh, from morning to evening there last Sunday. And then this Sunday, I get to be here. And I don't like to say uh, coming home because I'm looking forward to another home. I think you know what I'm talking about. But I do uh, like to say coming back, coming back to Holland Chapel, uh, because Holland Chapel, whether or not you know it, you have been a huge blessing in my life from my childhood up until the present. Uh, and, 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 and have been so impactful, just to use the word again, so impactful uh, in my life and in my family's life. And so it is good to be back here uh, at least we don't know for how long, but at least for a bit to be to be back here with all of you, it is wonderful. I want to share a, 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 a transformation story with you, and our desire was to see a community a, tra- a community transformed by the gospel. And we saw that we saw God working in the business domain, in the education domain, and in the government domain. But let me give you a personal transformation story. Uh, there uh, was a couple that was unchurched. And uh, the wife uh, specifically had some misconceptions about Jesus. She had some misconceptions about the church and about Christians in general. And so for a few Sundays, her husband, John, uh, came to our worship gatherings by himself while she stayed home. And uh, then we were having a picnic at a park one Sunday afternoon, and, and so she thought that was a safe place. And so she showed up, and that was the first time we met Jenna uh, there, was at this picnic uh, in the park one Sunday afternoon. And she came, and she realized, oh, okay, these Christians, they're not too strange. And we were able to have some normal conversations about family and about life. And, and so th- th- over the next few weeks, she came on Sunday mornings to a worship gathering uh, much like this. And, and then she uh, met some of the, the women in the church, and she started building relationships with them and, and friendships with them. And she was a part of a small group. And then uh, a, 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 a month or two uh, later, after we had met Jenna, I received a message from her, and it was, uh, I heard some ladies talk about being saved. What is that? And so one evening I went to their house and sat down at the dining room table with John and Jenna, and we walked through the good news of Jesus Christ with her. And that night she put her trust in Jesus Christ. She found Christ, or Christ found her. And, and so uh, since that point, uh, we were able to see her begin to follow Jesus and to see how Jesus transformed her life. She was baptized a few months later, and, and then uh, following Jesus led her, fa- their, her family uh, to the path of adoption, and, and then it led her to using the finance skills that she had honed in the baking industry to be our volunteer financial bookkeeper, and now she's serving in that same capacity at, at another local church in the Cleveland area. And so that's just uh, one example, one story of a life of a family transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ.
Um, and just in case you don't know, if you want to hear more stories, just say, hey, Todd, tell me more stories, and he will go for it. And we're just so glad to have these guys home. Well, today what we want to do is talk about some more stories and talk about some stories that are going to happen in the future and talk about this idea of here and now. We're going to look at a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to encourage you to go ahead and find that. If you need a Bible, you can find one under the seat in front of you. And the page number that you can find, um, the passage we're going to be at, is on page 965. This is a passage that we read during worship. This is a passage that uh, I've read publicly here quite a few times and unpacked. And it's a passage I go back to often. If you've been a part of our church for any time, this is going to be familiar. Um, and it's going to be a reminder for all of us. And if you're newer to our church, you're going to find out why we tick. You're going to find out why we do what we do. And we do not want to lose sight of this. We do not want to lose focus of this. And do not want to lose focus of the here and now. And here's the really, really uh, fun part of this. Uh, if this thing goes sideways and gets boring, I can just crack open my Laffy Taffy and tell you a joke. And it will all be better. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse number 11. All right. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, a beautiful way of describing this opportunity and this privilege, and as it says here, this responsibility. Jesus saved us. He's our Lord now. He tells us what to do, so we do what he says. Since we have this fearful under, uh, responsibility to the Lord, it says we work hard to persuade others. What are we trying to persuade people of? Our political views, um, who we think is going to win the college football you know, championship this year, okay, whatever. No, we're trying to persuade people to experience the gospel of Jesus Christ that has changed our life and can change theirs too. Drop down to verse number 13. It goes to say here, uh, if, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses of Scripture. It's pretty much like if you're not a believer and you wonder why we do what we do, you probably think we're a little bit crazy. But if you're in and you've believed in Jesus, you're like, oh, I get it. Like it transforms our lives. And so, but either way, he says, we're going to follow Jesus. Look at verse number 14. It says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all. Say that word with me. All. Who did Christ die for? All. He died for me. He died for you. He died for your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, their great-great-grandparents. He died for your great-great-grandchildren. He died for everybody. Your neighbor, including that neighbor, he died for them. He died for them. Okay? goes on here in verse number 14 to say... Um, he died, uh, excuse me, verse uh, 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all, believers, we have all died to our old life. So life change. We're going to talk about that more in a few moments. Verse 15. He died for everyone. Don't miss this. Don't slide past this. He just in verse number 14 said he died for all. In verse 15, making it clear, he died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Now, if you've been going to church a long time, you might just 
you might, you might be, be uh, like not paying attention and just breeze right past what we just read because you've read it before or you've heard it before. Or if you're newer, maybe you caught that. You're like, what are we talking about? Don't miss what's just been declared here. Jesus, God's one and only son, died on a cross for our sin, and he didn't stay dead after making that payment for our sin. After dying, he came back from the dead. This is the foundation of all of our faith. This is why we stand and we sing on Sunday mornings. It's the reason why we follow Jesus. It's why we do what we do. It's because of him and who he is and what he's done in going to the cross and coming back from the dead. Drop down now to verse number 17. A page turned here. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So you heard Todd a few moments ago tell that incredible story of life change, of the many, many stories that he could have told. As we were getting ready for this Sunday and I was talking to our team, I was like, man, let's talk about some people in our, our community and our church and our city that's been changed lately and let's tell some stories and as we were talking and as we were thinking about uh, the, the stories of life change that are within our church, I saw, man, we, we had a baptism not long ago where we heard all these cool stories and if you were here a few weeks ago, you got to witness it and or see this video, but it's worth seeing again today and just hearing and seeing these people whose lives are now the old life is gone and a new life has begun and so as we watch this, if you want to celebrate that again, go for it church but listen and watch these stories of life change and seeing this come to life what's so cool about Jessie she knew the Lord from an early age but she experienced a loss in her life as a young adult God used that to bring her back close to him and reignite her faith and she wants the world to know that she's a follower of Jesus and we're going to celebrate with her right now as she follows him in baptism so Jesse, do you know the Lord as your personal Savior? Yes. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Riley's been a follower of Jesus for quite a while. She wants the world to know that she's a follower of Jesus through baptism. This is a commitment for her and also a recommitment for her as she's a follower of the Lord. And so Riley is super excited to be here to celebrate with you. So Riley, do you know the Lord as your personal Savior? I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Joe Desis. Everybody say hi, Joe. Uh, Joe's been attending our church for a little while now. I remember when he first came in, maybe a little bit hesitant, maybe a little bit skeptical. I think those would be words you'd agree with. Uh, wife started coming here. He started coming with her. It wasn't long that uh, he was the one telling everybody to get ready, let's be on time. Started getting excited about being here, and the conversations about Jesus started happening. He started opening his scripture and reading the Bible, and it came to a place where he came to my office this past Thursday to talk about faith, to talk about Jesus. Uh, I got to share the gospel with him, and this past Thursday, Joe gave his heart and life to the Lord Jesus. So, Joe... So, Joe, do you know the Lord as your personal Savior? Absolutely. Well, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and this is Brad Desis. Everybody say hi, Brad. 
That was his dad. This is the son. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated um, remembering Jesus through communion. And uh, while believers were remembering Jesus and what he did for them on the cross, uh, I was having a conversation with Brad at some point uh, down front right here. And Brad was exp expressing his need of a Savior and to experience forgiveness of sin. And so during communion, uh, Brad gave his heart and life to Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful thing? So Brad, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now we're bringing two people in the water. This is Buddy Fowler. This is his friend, Caitlin Garrett, and I'm going to let him tell the story. Everybody say hi, Caitlin. Me and my wife uh, met Caitlin about a year and a half ago after God kind of called us into just being more intentional with the gospel and going out and uh, spending more time with people that were not connected to the church, not connected with Jesus. And uh, fast forward a year later, we both moved back to the Benton area. We, uh, she wants to start coming to church with us at HC. And, uh, this last uh, time we celebrated communion as a church family, she leaned over to me and said, I need Jesus. And a letter to Jesus Christ right over there. Uh, uh, Caitlin, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. My sister, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Tyler Henderson. Everybody say hi, Tyler. Uh, Tyler is used to working with water. He's a fireman, and so he's normally using this to put out fire, and today he's standing here because he's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and being bold with his faith and uh, wants to be the spiritual leader of his home and just had an incredible conversation with him as a result of membership class about what it looks like to follow Jesus and how baptism's a part of that, and just so proud of Tyler uh, being bold today in his faith and declaring him publicly as, as his Lord and Savior. So Tyler, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I do. Well, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's <laughs> awesome. We've got a couple guys coming in here. This is Ryan Grimes. Everybody say hi, Ryan. I most of the time call him Boosie. He was on my baseball team. That was his nickname, and uh, so that's what I call him a lot. This is Dad Landon. Uh, Landon and Ryan, they've all as a family been a part of our church for a few years now. And um, Landon uh, called me or texted me a few weeks ago and said, Hey, Ryan's having a lot of questions about following uh, Jesus and being, becoming a believer. Can we talk to you? And so Landon and Crystal uh, came and sat down uh, in my office with Ryan. And he had a lot of incredible questions to ask about uh, Jesus in the Bible. I did my best to answer them. Some of them were really hard to answer. Um, but they were incredible questions, and we just talked, and then everything I was hearing from him is just an understanding of who Jesus is, and I knew that Landon and Crystal obviously are followers of Jesus, and I said, hey, how about I step out of this office and mom and dad talk to you a little bit more, and if you're ready to place your faith in Christ, let them lead you to Jesus, and so I did that. I, I came on out, and, and they took their time, and they came out, and worship was about to start, and he said, man, Ryan just got saved, and so that happened just a few weeks ago. And so I want to give Dad opportunity to baptize his son today. So we're going to let you do that. So Ryan, I want to ask you in front of our family and our church family, you know Jesus as your personal Savior. Yes, sir. Well, it is my honor to baptize you, my brother, in the name of his Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
beautiful picture of an old life being gone and a new life beginning. And I never get uh, tired of seeing and hearing of stories of life change. Look back into 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and pick up in verse number 18. And all of this, all of it, is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. And so it's this idea and this truth and this picture that if we don't have Jesus, we are far, far away from God. And as you um, think about being right with God, you and I, we're not made right with God because we do something different or because we are a better person or we change ourselves. We are right with God because of God sending Jesus for us to bring us back to himself. Look what it says in the last part of verse number 18. And God has given us, who? Me, you, us, his followers, his believers, his church. He's given us this task, this responsibility, this privilege, this honor of reconciling people to him. So we have been reconciled to God. We've been made right with God. And now we have the opportunity of sharing this good news and seeing others become right with God. It's the very reason... Why he placed you here and now. I've read a quote uh, lately that's been just stirring my heart, and uh, it's going to be on the screen, and I want to read it for you and share it with you. It's written by John Burke, and he says this, What our world needs more than anything else is grace. Not more talk about grace, but grace that seeks out lost people like God does. Grace with skin on it. Because people are born to run from God without it. And that whole thing just really stirred me. And the last part of it is what I've really been focused on. And that is that people are born to run from God without it. Without grace, we just run from God because we know who we are at our heart and at our core as sinners. And therefore, we naturally feel these ways. We feel unacceptable to God. We feel unlovable, we feel unwanted, and we feel undeserving. And this is where a lot of people land today when they think about God. They not only they know they're far away from God, they feel like they're far away from God, and they don't feel like there's any way back to Him because of feeling so unacceptable, unlovable, unwanted, and undeserving. Yet God supernaturally accepts us. God supernaturally loves us. God supernaturally wants us. And because we are undeserving, he gives us grace. And that's exactly what grace is. It is necessary to be undeserving of it for it to be grace because grace in its essence is giving you something that you don't deserve. And so God looks at me, looks at you, sees us in our unlovable, unwantable, unacceptable place, sees us in our undeserving place and gives us grace and loves us and wants us and receives us and accepts us. This is why God has put you where you are here and now, and if you've received this reconciling, this being made right with God, if you've received salvation, he wants you to share it with others who are in this place of 
feeling unlovable, feeling unacceptable, feeling undeserving, and to share this grace with them. This is why God has put you here and now. This is why he put you here and now in the city. This is why he put you here and now in your family. This is why he put you here and now on your street. This is why he put you here and now at your workplace. This is why he put you here and now in your school. This is why you are fostering. This is why you are adopting. This is why you are parenting. It's to share the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we want to be crystal clear as to why we do what we do as a church. It's because our master, our Lord Jesus, who's in that position because he's God coming for us. He died for us. He came back from the dead, so he's changed us. So we say, what do you want us to do? And he tells us what he wants us to do. Here's how we word it at Holland Chapel. Other churches may word it differently, but as we're following Jesus, here is our mission. And I want you to write it down in your notes. You've got a spot for it. Some of you have it memorized. Great. You don't even have to have it come up on the screen. Some of you are hearing it for the first time. I want you to process this. I want you to get this. I don't want you to miss this. Our mission, okay? Our mission, Holland Chapel lives to help people who are far away from God. Find the way to him so they can do the same for others. This is our mission, church. This is why we exist. This is why we live. This is why we breathe. This is why we gather. This is why we do everything that we do. It's to help people that are far away from God find the way to him so they can do the same for others. So that's our mission. Well, next, let's talk about my mission, your mission, okay? My mission. What's my mission? Well, here's how we hope you can say it. My name is, and then you're going to fill in that blank on your piece of paper, right? My name is, if it was me, I would put Kyle there, but you're not Kyle, so you're not going to write that name down, right? So fill in the blank. My name is Kyle, and I live to help people who are far away from God find the way to him so they can do the same for others. Listen, if God moves you to some other place in the future, Far away from here, listen, that will still be your God-given mission. It doesn't matter where you go, that's what you're supposed to do as a follower of Jesus. It's not merely our mission as a church, it is, but it's your mission as an individual and as a follower of Jesus. And the beautiful part of it is we get to carry this out together. Therefore, we're not doing this by ourselves, we're doing this together as the church. This is our mission. This is my mission. This is your mission. Again, this is our mission. And we're not doing this by ourselves. We're doing it together. Somebody in the past realized that this was their mission in life. Somebody in your life realized in the past that this was their mission in life. And as a result of realizing that this was their mission in life, they saw you. They noticed you. They began to pray for you. Their heart broke for you. They began to ask the Lord to help you to realize that you needed what they had in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They got crazy. And they started talking to you about church. They got crazy and they started talking to you about Jesus. They got crazy and they started talking about 
sin. And they started talking about how you can be made right with God. Think about this for just a moment. How far away from God would you be today? If it were not for that person some time ago realizing this was their mission in life and them noticing you, praying for you, talking to you, inviting you to church, pointing you to Jesus. There is somebody in your life right now that needs for you to realize this is your mission in life so that you can be the one that helps them realize that there is a way back to God and his name is Jesus. There is someone that needs you to point them to Jesus. So no matter where you are and what you're doing, here and now, I'm here to tell you God has people in your life. And if you're wondering where are those people that are far away from God, let me just say this word, Monday morning. I say Monday morning, some of you are like, oh, man, back to work. Listen, if you work anywhere except for where I work, catch that. You hang out with people that are far away from God, right? Monday morning, for sure it's the way God is providing for you and your family to have food and clothes and shelter over you. Thank God for that, but it's greater than that. I'm here to tell you God is sending you where you go tomorrow morning to carry out your mission of helping people that are far away from God. And you got some people at your workplace that are far, far away from God, right? Don't you? You do. You do. You got some neighbors that are far, far away from God, right? And I'm not necessarily saying that they're this, this horrible person and, and they're just this, you know, degenerate, you know, just, uh, I'm not necessarily saying that, but they're far away from God if they don't have Jesus. And it's not about them starting to do right so they can be right with God. It's them becoming right with God because of the righteousness of Jesus. That's how we became right with God. I'm not right with God because I do right things. I'm right with God because of the righteousness of Jesus. And therefore, by his grace and by his help, I do right things. Did you catch all that? I'm not right with God because of doing right things. I'm right with God because of the righteousness of Jesus. And I do right things because I've been made right by Jesus with God. And so when I go to somebody who's far away from God, it's not about me telling them how bad of a person they are. They probably know about their sin, but there is hope for them because if I've been made right with God through the righteousness of Jesus, guess what? They can be made right with God through the righteousness of Jesus. The story of the gospel is hope for everyone. Everyone, including that person that you think is so far away there's no hope for them. Maybe you used to be that person, right? Maybe people used to look at you and, man, they're they just a lost cause. There's no hope for them. But somebody saw you, prayed for you, began talking to you, invited you to church, had some conversations with you, and the next thing you know, you who were far, far, far away from God, you're right with God today because the righteousness of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Man, how many of us would still be running from God if it weren't for the person that shared the gospel for us? Who is it that you need to share this amazing news with here and now? Maybe you need to notice them and you need to start praying for them. Maybe you need to invite them to church. We're in this together, man. Bring them to church. We're going to do our best to share the gospel with them. Maybe you need to have a conversation with them, knowing that you have been made right with God because of Jesus. It's not about you being a perfect Christian. It's not about you being the perfect example 
It's not about you having it all together. It's about you having Jesus. That's what they need from you. They don't need your perfection because you don't have it anyway. They need Jesus. So share him with them. Look at verse number 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Anybody in here just want to go, whoo, right? You got some stuff and I got some stuff and it's really bad stuff. And through Jesus, God says, I'm not counting that against you anymore. This is good news, amen? This is incredible to think he's not going to hold that. And you know what I'm talking about when I say that. He's not going to hold that against me. That he's wiped it away, that he's forgiven me and he's made me clean. Look on, it goes on in verse number 19 to say, And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. The idea and the truth and this beautiful thing called reconciliation is we're far apart and we're brought together. We're brought together through Jesus and through Jesus alone. Verse 20, so we're Christ's ambassadors. We're his representatives. We're the ones that are talking about and making the king look like everything that he is. We're his ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Who? Through me, through you, through his church, through his followers. He's making this appeal through us. This idea of appeal. Think about that for just a moment. How can I speak and people are actually drawn to it, not pushed away from it? I think when we're real and we're honest about our sin and about the forgiveness of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus and how he died for our sins and how we're right with God because of Jesus. We're not right with God because we go to church. We're not right with God because we dress right, because we talk right, because we act right. All those things are wonderful and good, but I think when we're honest as to why we are right with Jesus, that's very appealing to people. When they realize, oh, you're messed up too. Right, but we, we think Christianity is about not being messed up. No, Christianity is about Jesus taking messed up people and making them right. And when they realize that we're just as messed up in our sin without Jesus, it gives them hope that Jesus can change them too. And we make this appeal, and here's this appeal. Here's what we do. It says we speak for Christ when we plead. Do you know what it means to plead? If you're a parent, you know what it means to plead. They wear you out, don't they? Can I? Please, don't forget, hey, I really want this. Hey, can I? Please, hey, I really want this. Hey, can I? Please, I really want this. Hey, can I? Please, really want this. You're getting the picture, right? Right now, you're hearing your kid's voice, right? Some of you are older and your kids are grown. You're going back in time. You're like, yep, I know what it means to plead. It's this idea that I'm going to wear you out, sucker, right? I'm going to get what I want. I want it so bad. I'm going to plead with you till you finally give in and give way because if you don't give it to me, I may die. Right? Plead. Plead. Now, it flips on us here, right? Like we're pleading with people not because we're going to die. We're pleading with people because they're going to die. Are you with me? I'm not going to nag you, but I'm going to love you and I'm going to keep loving you and I'm going to share the truth with you in love over and over and over again. Again, not in a nagging way. I'm going to talk about you when you're not even around. You know how I'm going to do that? I'm going to get alone. It's going to be me and Jesus and me and Jesus are going to talk about you. All right? I'm going to pray for you. It's called prayer, by the way. I'm going to pray for you over and 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 over again. God, the next time I get to talk to them, will you just give them an ear to listen to me? Because here's what I want to say to them. I want to say what verse 20 calls me to do. I want to tell them, come back to God. Come back to God. Like he let me in, he'll let you in. 
He forgave me, he'll forgive you. He changed me, he'll change you. He made me right, he'll make you right. He changed my eternal destination, he'll change your eternal destination. Come back to God. Look at verse number 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So if I haven't said that enough, if I haven't emphasized that enough, if I haven't declared that enough, you see it very clearly in verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Church, listen to me. Followers of Jesus, listen to me. It is our responsibility to stay on mission. And you may be like, well, yeah, Todd was up there telling a story, but he's a pastor and you're a pastor. So yeah, that's your deal. Listen, this has nothing to do with me being a pastor. This has to do with me being redeemed. This has to do with me being saved. This has to do with me being forgiven. This is my mission. Part of my job as a pastor is to keep all of us on mission. This is our mission. Christ is the only hope for the world. And you have friends and family members and neighbors and coworkers that I don't know, I'll never know, unless you reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we can't get distracted. We can't get misguided. We cannot grow weary. We must stay focused on the mission of helping people who are far away from God find the way to him so they indeed can turn around and do the very same thing. I'm going to wrap this up with three questions. First question is this. What if everyone in our church figured out they are right with God? What if everyone in our church figured out they're right with God? You're like, wait a minute, I'm right with God? Listen, listen to me, listen to, listen to me. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the word of God, not me, not this church, the word of God declares that you are right with God. Some of you don't do anything for Jesus because you don't think you've done enough for Jesus to be right with God. Jesus did enough for you already to be right with God. So you can stand in your righteousness, not your perfection, but in the God-given righteousness that he's given you, and people will listen to you when you share the truth of Jesus with them in love. They will. What if we figured that out? Like, whoa, I'm right with God. And if I can be right with God, I guess they could be right with God. Now you're catching on. What if we figured that out? Next question, and some of the grammar people in the room tell me this one's all messed up, so just work with me here. Um, what if everyone in our church knew what their mission is? Maybe it's supposed to be R at the end. I don't know what's going on there, but what if we figured it out? What if we just realized this is my mission? This is, this is, this is what we do. This is why we do what we do. This is why I parent. This is why I go to work. This is why I go to church. This is why I coach a football team. This is why I do what I do. What, what if we figured this out? That's why I live on my street. Next question. What if everyone in our church believed that God put them where they are to carry out their mission in life? It's not an accident that you're sitting right where you are right now. It's not an accident that you're going to go to work where you go to work tomorrow. It's not an accident that you're going to go to school where you go to school tomorrow. It's all part of God's beautiful, redemptive plan to put you in the right place at the right time, here and now, to share the glorious good news, the gospel, the death, 
the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ with those that are around you. Next step for you to consider this morning, and this is obviously very much so focused on followers of Jesus when I give you this next step, and that is just to carry out my mission. What's my next step? Just to carry out my mission. We're learning today very clearly what our mission is. It's not what is our mission. I need to no, am I going to carry it out? Am I going to do that? Am I going to start taking steps to say, okay, what do you want me to do today to carry out my mission? What do you want me to do today to carry out my mission? Carry out your mission. There are people that are needing you to carry out your mission. People who are far away from God. And you can show them how to be right with God through Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, maybe you're far away from God. And you're wondering if you can get close to him. You're wondering if you can do enough good things. You're wondering if you can figure out the trick or, or, the, or, or how you unlock the door. Let me tell you, Jesus is the way to God. And today he loves you. He died for you. He'd love to save you, forgive you, and make you right with God. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you this morning. We thank you so much for loving us. We thank you so much for giving us grace. Oh, we're so undeserving, therefore it's grace. You look down on us and you love us and you accept us and you make us different and you make us new and um, you're changing us. And God, as we've experienced Jesus and the life change that he brings, we want others to experience Jesus and the life change that he brings. I pray that we, this church, Holland Chapel, will understand our mission in life that it comes from you, Jesus, and that we will begin daily just to carry it out, to recognize people around us and to pray for them and to talk to them and invite them and engage with them with the gospel. I pray that that would happen. If there's anyone here today that's far away from you because they've never placed faith in Jesus, I pray that today would be that day. Today would be that day where their life is forever changed by faith in Christ and in Christ alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.